A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Raven. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Rumble. No Botch. Mm. Heal. Mm. Botch. Mm. Heal. Mm. Is my hair shaking enough to that? I feel like some mad oh. conductor from the mid, like, centuries ago. Yeah, I mean, you look like a proper... like You and the Butcher could form an amazing tag team at the moment of, like, balding metalers. I think that'd be a pretty wicked tag team, actually. Pretty sweet anything with the butcher the butcher's my spirit animal right now <laughs> so we are all here unfortunately to discuss a not quite as good night two of wrestlemania a lot of people are like oh what a great wrestlemania I was like, oh, yes good first half couple of good bits on the second part as well including an excellent main event that we'll get to I haven't stopped thinking about it really like leaving night two behind i am left with that the main thing i'm thinking about is God, that main event was killer. I loved everything they did. Um, but we are going to kick off with the negative because we did the positive stuff for night one, which is the oh, theme oh, oh, versus... Hold, hold on, hold on. Wrestle Talk never say positive things about WWE. How can you insinuate that we did positive things yesterday in our video where we said the Bad Bunnies match was awesome and I gave the show five out of five? You're so yeah. negative, <laughs> Ollie. Why are you so negative to WWE? It's because of the Khan coin, man. <laughs> I've got a lot. I've got a lot riding on Khan coin, and then oh, it's yeah. fl- it fluctuates. It fluctuates day to day. Um, so the show opened with Rand. Oh, by the way, Beer Fifty Two. We couldn't have done this weekend without you, Beer Fifty Two. Thank you so so much. Everyone, go to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk if you're in the UK, and you'll get a free case of eight free craft beers if you're taking out a new box uh you get him free beer what more can we say they're fantastic we love them very dearly and you will need it if you ever want to go and re-watch the start of this show randy orton versus the fiend this was a non-cinematic match it was a it was a match in front of fans 
unfortunately, I think this could have been a very good cinematic match, but it had a crispy fried fiend transform into a sort of slightly adapted old fiend style. Like yeah, body body shape wise, it looked a little bit leaner. I thought Bray did, mm. uh, but who knows? Well, it wasn't what, it, um, what was underneath the crispiness? Wasn't it decided on the stream last night that he's lost all a lot of weight in his neck and his neck's yeah. looking really thin now? Like he's really leaned up in the neck area. Nothing about the mask or how that <laughs> distor- distorts proportions. He's definitely lost a lot of that that neck fat. <laughs> so the fiend comes out of uh, so a bliss. Come, let's go from the. Should we go from the top? Let's do it, mate. Let's go from the top. Randy Orton comes out in white pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Randy Orton wrestle in white. And a lot of people did point out, I think, and you know, I don't know if we should read anything too much into it, but Edge was wearing the same color gear. Like he was also wearing white and red. So mm, I don't know. Rated RKO reunion, maybe? The, on the anniversary of the greatest match, Backlash which is the mm-hmm. next pay-per-view. Oh, I don't hope so. <laughs> so Randy came out. And, I, you know, I think we're, we're all very geared up for night two because night one was a lot of fun. So good. Uh, and, yeah, th- so just the very fact that Randy was wearing white m- made me go, like, what the hell's going on here? And then he did a slip, right? This This annoyed me. And I'm calling it out because I would be hypocritical if I... If you know, because I called out Belair and Banks for doing the sort of breaking character, aren't we so lucky to be here? Look before they had a wrestling match that takes me out of the action. Um, it's not a women thing, I don't think Becky Lynch and Rhonda would have done that, for instance, they would have stuck to their characters and made it feel really, really aggressive. But they did, and you know, lovely moment, but I, I, I would have preferred that not to be there. Randy, exactly the same case here, he is coming out for a six, seven-month blood feud where he burnt a man alive, he's walking down the ramp and he does a little stumble to make fun of Mandy Rose falling over the previous night. Now, a lot of people pointed out that he did a, a thing on the bump where someone was asking him, whoever the presenter was, was like, oh, can you tell us about your feud with The Fiend and your match tonight? And he effectively didn't want to talk about that match and instead wanted to talk about Bad Bunny. It's starting to make me think, that Randy is not really into a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. And I think he made that quite clear. I think it was very disrespectful to, you know, to the sort of the story, what fit the, what Bray's tried to do creatively. I'm not a fan of it, but I, I want the people who are doing it to at least give it their best effort and treat it as such. Anyway, Randy comes out and then we get themed. And he had a sort of magical transformation through a tunnel where he turned from crispy fried fiend. This was all pre-filmed into this sort of new, less fat neck fiend. And then Bliss comes out in in the full on child. Like, what would you call that? makeup of bliss yeah i i don't really know what you would describe the makeup as but she came out and she did like her childlike stuff and you know i think she is she's very good in this role and i think she's really enjoying this role and this character so yeah so like i i think she is is playing it very very well yeah so she comes out and then oh like a really nice bit of camera trickery there was a giant box there some kind (laughs) i was gonna say was it a box or was it a box-like structure a box-like structure. 
honestly, WWE are just intent on making their announcers the least credible presences in existence. And like, I mean, you could make, you, you could say like, oh guys, I think you, it's low hanging fruit to be making fun of Byron Saxon saying you know, box like structure. You, you know, and you don't need to point that out that he made a very silly thing to say, but like, stop having your commentators say silly things then. And we'll stop highlighting the fact that they said very silly things. It's like no human being would look at this giant jack in a box that's got a handle on it. And, and, and bear in mind, a lot of the feud around this lot of builders has been around a jack in the box and be like, I don't know what that is. It's some sort of box-like structure. Michael, do you know what it could be? I'm, I, I don't know. It's very perplexing. So, Bliss, you know, t- twirls whatever this handle thing is on the side <laughs> of this, like, cube? This vague cube that appeared? We had all made fun of it because it is, you know, when you step back, frankly ridiculous. Randy's there being like, well, you know, what's he thinking when they're wheeling it in? You know, yeah. it didn't just appear there. <laughs> yeah. But but it is what it is. Like it's it's fine. Yeah, and it's fine. then the theme raises from the Jack in the Box, and you know it, this was okay. And then the well, that's music. Jack in the boxes do though, is it? <laughs> Twang. Well, you want him to launch out. Well, it's a Jack in the Box. Jack in the Boxes aren't like you know historically known for slow opens. Surprise. Like, you were expecting uh, a pop. <laughs> so if anything, this was more shocking. And the thing comes out and, you know, he's there. He's got the new kind of modified look. It's really not that dissimilar to what it was before. Slightly different mask. And then the music kicks in. And just something happened to me where I was like, oh, you know, who, who, who gives a crap? Who cares? I, I'm in. I'm in. I Sorry. love this song. I love the fiend. I love all the lore. Who, ca- who cares? Six months, Ollie, of hating this supernatural build. Let's get this out of the way. Get back to enjoying the fiend again. We got the red light uh, that came back and didn't go away. So the whole match was bathed in red, where it really, really takes me out of the action. I think a lot of other people cannot believe that came back when fans were there. Yeah, and uh, we we had a few bits where Fiend would essentially no sell stuff. Cool spot where Randy did the drop on the announcers table. Fiend jumped right back up, hit the mandible claw on Orton. But it went five minutes, and all of a sudden, Bliss is sat on top of the box in a completely different outfit. Mm-hmm. Like she's yeah, all in and, black, and she's got um like a, <clears throat> a, a crown of thorns. And she is bleeding, like what well, I mean, you can suppose you could say black, but she had like the black viscous liquid, the black goo that Randy Orton has been like spewing out of himself uh, for the last few months or so, which I was disappointed to see was not actually the rebirth of the fiend. But yeah, like but she, she's got like the black goo pouring down her face, and the fiend, like an idiot, gets distracted by this, and he looks up and he's like, "Oh no, what's going on here?" And then he turns around. Randy Orton hits the RKO. It only takes one, one, two, three, and that was it. And then mm. afterwards, the fiend stood up. He looked at Alexa Bliss some more, and then the lights went out, and the crowd went boo. And it did not like. So when people say like, "Oh, you're being so negative on this," why do you need to say anything positive about it? The reason why we called this video "WWE botched the fiend," and like, because originally we we're going to say like, "Did they?" But like you and I discussed, it, it was like, "Well, no, they did," because this is a WrestleMania crowd in the middle of a pandemic 
These are fans who were so desperate to watch wrestling, they cheered Tamina. They were so desperate to just <laughs> enjoy themselves out for wrestling. They went to a wrestling show in the middle of a pandemic, and they booed this. This crowd, of all crowds, is going to be your most forgiving crowd ever. And they booed this because they did not like it. And it's been, you know, overwhelmingly condemned online. I hated it. You hated it. But that's not, you know, that's not crazy because we haven't liked a lot of the way WWE booked the Fiend. But I, I, everywhere I've looked, Twitter, Reddit, um, those are the only places I've looked, to be fair. Our own community poll on the WrestleTalk channel, like 80% of people voted for, yeah, but they did the Fiend wrong. In the audience, opposite the hard cam, there was a fan dressed in the fiend mask and he you know that john travolta gif where he's like yeah you know from pulp fiction he's just looking around he was doing that he didn't like it everyone this this was a good look this is the end because it's wrestlemania if they have another goddamn match that's worse let's just pretend it's the end right now this is a seven month storyline where they Let's just say Randy's the heel. He burned the Fiend alive. And the Fiend was ridden off TV for three months. He came back. It's WrestleMania. This is where he gets his revenge. This is where he wins. But he lost to one RKO. Again. Again. Because he's already been beaten by Randy. He got beaten by him at TLC. That's why he was set on fire. And then also, he, um, you know, oh, Alexa Bliss won the uh, Alexa Bliss managed to win on, on Fiend's behalf. Um, at, so maybe like maybe it's just 50 50 booking, I guess. Um, like, so what, you know, what does this lead to next? Does it lead to another Randy Orton match? Must this feud continue? Because if, if Randy's eyes, he did what he said he was going to do and he beat the Fiend. So for him, there's no need for him to continue this feud from a character wise. And I think for like Bray, surely he's now feuding with Alexa. And there was, there, there is this sort of prevailing fan theory that was, was sent to me that Alexa Bliss was sat cross legged on top of the, uh, the box like structure. Which other wrestler in WWE who has not been on TV for a while sits cross legged? And so there are some people who think like, well, do you think that this could be this a transitions Bray into a feud with Alistair Black? Now, I don't know why people think Alistair Black is a spooky character other than the fact that he has metal music because like nothing about him says that, oh, he's a spooky guy. He's a supernatural guy. He just, he does kicks, mate. He's a badass kick man. I think what people are confusing there is like a love of the occult and a lot of occultist references. You know, he literally rises from the coffin with, and you know, his name references Alistair Crowley, with actual supernatural horror, mm-hmm. which are, to yeah. me are very different things. But do you think, like, so just to, um, you know, talk about this fan theory, do you think that it could be an Alistair Black thing? I would be stunned because unfortunately I don't think anyone with significant booking power right now in WWE care about Alistair Black. I don't think they'd suddenly revamp him with a major feud with The Fiend because The Fiend is still very, you know, he's top of the card for WWE, despite how they continually beat him for no reason. Um, So it could happen. I don't think it will. I like the idea of it. You know, it's something. It gets Black on TV. That's good for me. Um, but does he ultimately lose to that? I, I just, and and what is bliss here? Like, I'm quite into, I think the crowd were into the idea of this evil bliss character. Is Mm -hmm. she sister Abigail finally taken over? 
Bliss? Or is Bliss just like her own thing who has unlocked something deeper within the pits of hell? To me, that works really well, though, if her and The Fiend are some now super team. Yeah. That's I've, I've got gonna, no interest yeah. in a split. No interest. But that, I, I was going to ask, do you think that might be what the crowd were booing? Because there's, there is the, the, you know, the potential here that the crowd weren't booing the finish. They weren't booing Bray losing. They were booing WWE for splitting up this act because people, you know, we've seen them in our comments. People do like this act and they like mm. Alexa Bliss in there. We get Patreon mailbag questions about this all the time being like, I don't understand why you don't like this. I think it's awesome. A lot of the donations that we had yesterday um, on our Just Giving page where we're raising money for Calm. Thank you very much. We raised nearly 17,000, actually over 17,000 thousand pounds in fact um messages to be like i think you guys are wrong this is amazing i love the bliss fiend thing but now wwe <clears throat> are potentially going to split them up because they do have this addiction to splitting teams up when they're starting to get over so i don't know so do you, i'm just posing it i'm playing devil's advocate for billy balance do you think they maybe have been booing the splits i think they're probably booing everything <clears throat> i don't think uh it's mutually exclusive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There were multiple things wrong with the end of this match. And yeah, like the idea, because to me, Bliss cost the Fiend the match. Mm -hmm. So that's surely going to sow seeds of dissension. Um, I don't think people want to see them split. I, you know, I, I think they're, it's not for me, but like Jeff Hardy isn't for me. I don't say get rid of him. I will, I, the, the only problem I have with Fiend and Bliss is the supernatural nonsense. I think that'd be an mm -hmm. awesome, just manic Bonnie and Clyde, but with a horror slant act. But that, you know, I've got no interest in teleportation and telekinesis and burning people alive and voodoo making people vomit viscous black liquid on my pro wrestling shows. Thank you very much. So I, I, I don't know what, where they go from here. No, I don't know who Fiend feuds with. I... Can I make a prediction? I don't know. Yeah. There's a, re there's a rematch on Raw tonight. The The final hour is built around uh, <clears throat> Randy Orton going to the Firefly Funhouse or something. That's my prediction for the Raw after Mania is that this feud doesn't continue, but it does get an, uh, a definitive finish tonight. Potentially. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Should we see what the hyper chats say because mm. Uh, I'd be, be curious to get everyone else's thoughts um, on this. Uh, although we have you know, got a lot of other people's thoughts already and it is 90%, I thought it was crap. And the remaining 10% are like, yeah, I didn't like it either. But I didn't think it was the worst thing. Uh, so Matthew McFadden, I love the opener until the finish. Entrance is one of my all-time favourites. Fiend coming out of the structure made him look like a megastar. However, that kind of angle is way more suited to closing Raw or a small pay-per-view, not opening WrestleMania. Yeah, that was the other side of this. This is WrestleMania where feuds are supposed to end. And actually, this feud almost felt like it was like getting started because of the angle, whereas actually, although it might have been the end. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with Matt, Matthew had to say that. But the end, as I said, the entrances was awesome. McFadden's got two more. Uh, in my opinion, if they're doing this angle, then I think a better thing to do is still give Fiend his big win. Him and Bliss are in the center of the ring. Then you have Oily Bliss. Fiend notices it, visibly pissed, lights go out or something like that. Uh, the Fiend stuff, just going to say the entrance was pretty damn cool. The turning back into Not Crispy Fiend was awesome. And then an absolutely lovely tribute to Brody by doing yeah, yeah, yeah. But I won't lie, I'm kind of confused what happened and what next. Uh, yeah. The Brody Lee tribute was very nice. Like, that was really yeah. good. Like, this is this is Fiend's first, or Bray's first chance to do something in tribute to, to Brody. He was very, very close with. So that was a, a lovely moment. And yeah, the entrance rocked. And also, because I saw someone go, oh, yeah, but isn't that breaking character? Totally not. The, the Fiend's whole gimmick is based around meta reflections on Bray Wyatt's past. Mm-hmm. So it totally, oh, yeah. totally makes sense. And it was done within, like, it made sense within the match. He was just, like, screaming something aggressively yeah. in an aggressive I mean, look fight. At, there, there's another person that really does link Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton there, and that is Brody Lee slash Luke Harper. Yeah, good point. Uh, Nate S, the Fiend booking is so frustrating. It had me pulling all my hair out. Sorry, awkward face emoji. Very funny, Nate. Homer Star Fan 13, I have to be honest, beside from the red lighting, I was really enjoying Fiend Orton. I thought the Fiend was finally back on track. Then that ending happened. I just don't care anymore. To me, he's damaged goods. Luke? This company. uh, I mean, I'm going to put my cards on the table here, but... My next actually good video is, is The Fiend actually good? 
I'm and we're not we were purposely waiting on doing the poll until after WrestleMania because I wanted to see if WrestleMania was going to swing the vote either way. I'm so curious to see what the results of that poll is going to be. I think my internet's a bit weird again. So do you want to run through the last two? Greg Murphy says, wasn't even surprised about The Fiend losing. Seven years of losing big matches. At the root of any pro wrestling story, it should always be about the match. Fiend stories feel like they don't care about actual wrestling, which has made the character lame. And Mr. Burt Wayne said, the physical manifestation of Sister Abigail only distracted The Fiend. They reached towards each other like lovers reunited. Then Orton took advantage of the moment. I saw zero hostile body language from either The Fiend or Abigail towards each other. But she cost him the match. Like that's, if you, if, if you are like a, if you are like star-crossed lovers, then don't come out to, into the, in the middle of a match and distract the person you're in love with to allow the other person to win. This did feel like Alexa Bliss cost him the match. I would also say, if my internet will let me, that um, it's like, it's one RKO. <laughs> you know, he's the, the fiend has come back from like eighteen stomps. Yeah, uh, it was yeah, a devastating I, RKO. I, I hate, <laughs> really didn't like it. Uh, only went five minutes at, at least, mercifully. Uh, well, everyone yeah, else can get. To <laughs> everyone else can get their chats into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Be very interested to hear what people thought of night two overall and also go over to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk get yourself a free case of eight craft beers uk viewers only also also the last of our three consecutive nights of live streaming wwe is coming to an end tonight with me and luke doing the raw after mania live reactions i bet it's gonna be a nothing show I mean, it's back in the Thunderdome, so there is every chance that this could be a really bobbins roar where nothing mm-hmm. actually of note happens. I, we may get an NXT call up here or there, but this is not going to be like mania roar after mania of old. I don't think. Like remember well, last year without the like, crowd. I was going to say last year, like the big thing last year was the Big Show. The actual main event of WrestleMania was Big Show challenging Drew for the belt. So let's. See. Nothing's been announced yet. I can tell you that much. So we're going to make our own fun, as always, because, yeah, you made me shave my head by raising £13,500 for charity on night one. I said double or nothing. 20000 you take my eyebrows as well, and you didn't make it. You, you missed the shot. I'm going to give you another shot. If we reach £20,000 to come tonight, the link is also in the video description below, then I will shave these meaty, lovely, sexy eyebrows on Wednesday's episode of Quizzlemania. Yeah, so we are getting the hair on Quizzlemania. Will we also get the brows? I'm, I, and I think we can get the brows. Come on, guys. I think we can get the brows on Raw tonight. I believe in every single one of you to get us over that 20000 mark. There's £17,775 raised so far. Just a little over two grand needed left. Uh, I don't think you got it in you. £17,500 raised by you awesome, awesome people. I I still cannot get over it. I agree. I agree. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. (laughs) I'm impressed. and I I love every single person who's watching this stream. I'm impressed. I thought they had more in them. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, but these eyebrows aren't going anywhere. 
Prove me wrong, Swaf Nation. <laughs>do the rest of this pay-per-view before randy and the fiend we got a little bit of hulk hogan and titus o'neill yeah we sure did they came out dressed as pirates to do some comedy because they're the yeah. hosts of wrestlemania and they you know they just came out to do some comedy what's she gonna do scallywags or oh, you can't call these fans Scall- I, I i mean i haven't i haven't gone back to rewatch it uh, so i don't really know much of what they said but also don't particularly care. So, uh, no. but yeah, they came out dressed as pirates and they looked very lame. And then after the Fiend Autumn match, they were backstage still dressed as pirates. And Derek Bischoff came up to chat to them along with Bailey. Sure, I don't really know what the point of this is. Well, I mean, it was Who to benefits? set up. Is it, it, it was for to kids? set up. The- well, it was to set up the Bailey thing later, right? Because we later got Bailey, like Titus and um, Hogan came out again, yeah. and Bailey interrupted them so you could put over the fresh upstarts, the Bella Twins, um, to go out there and beat up Bailey. That that was Bailey's um, big angle for this show for for WrestleMania. Who herself, like she told Alex McCarthy, she was pitching storylines for months to the WWE creative team about her getting a storyline or a match going to WrestleMania, and no one paid any attention to her. This woman who carried the women's division, her and Banks carried that SmackDown women's division throughout last year, and her reward for it was to be beaten up by the Bella Twins in a crap angle. Felt real bad for her. Luke, 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 come on, man. You know as well as I do, it's about quality, not quantity. You can't just chuck everyone on the WrestleMania card for the sake of a payday. You need people who have earned their spot on WrestleMania, the show of shows, the granddaddy of them all. Like 15 minutes, the second longest match of the night that went to Tamina and Natalia versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler in a not very good match, a match that overran quite considerably, according to our friend, and one that is actually heel versus heel, which, as I said in my review, is an incredibly difficult dynamic to do, even when your characters are over. I once watched Adam Cole versus Marty Skrull in Ring of Honor, and it didn't work as well as it should have, because they were both bad guys. So what? baffled baffled by this match um it was it yeah. was a re- and especially after the the hogan titus comedy and the the autumn fiend match i was properly like dear god it really was night one for us night two for wwe yeah, so if you hadn't, if you didn't watch our live stream reactions last night, Sean um, Sean Rossap was on the show with us for a brief moment, and according to his like sources, his intel, this uh, this tag match was supposed to go uh, twelve minutes, including entrances. So you take away the entrances, that's about. 10, 10 and a half minutes maybe of actual in-ring action. Bell to bell, this went nearly 16 minutes. They mass, not just slightly overran, they massively overran, which to me feels quite unprofessional. And mm. and it was so boring. Like we were just stunned, the dumbfounded that this match just kept on going. And there was this swell of support for Tamina from the crowd. And it did feel like a very ironic 
we're going to cheer Tamina because because the internet cheers Tamina for whatever reason. It's not. I don't think she's actually over. I think people just think it's funny to cheer for Tamina because she's still there and does the worst splash, which is her finish. And it was awful. Absolutely. And remarkably, probably, I don't know, was it, as, was it worse than the tag turmoil match on night one? Uh, there, was spot I think, I, there was spots I, I enjoyed in the tag turmoil. Yeah, I would say it was because it was two teams going way longer and like that you didn't even have like the sort of like the turnover of people. Yeah, mm. I thought this was real, real bad. Yeah, um, the, of course, that people going like doing the match longer on pay-per-view, going against the directions, isn't without precedent. There's a famous story about Triple H and The Rock going really long in their ladder match in like 98 because they thought their story that they'd told over months deserved more time. And you know what? That's better for it. This is not a story that's been told over months. This is one that's barely been built up 24 hours in advance. So I thought this was a massive fail. Um, 14 minutes, 20 seconds of in-ring action. Yeah. So I, I still think, I said this on the stream last night, I have no evidence to back this up, but I really do think that Tom and Ross of Cultaholic have done so much to get Tamina over with the internet crowd. Like, I really do. Like, I'm looking at the chat now, and the chat is all like, we'll, we'll not stand for this Tamina hate. Tamina is a wrestling god. Tamina is over. Tamina is a megastar. Sure. I, I think there is an ironic swell of support for Tamina. And I think Ross and Tom are to blame. I think, yes, I don't think that translates to, I don't think social media stuff often translates that vocally to real world uh, arenas. I think the conversion is probably actually very, very small. I think this was people just wanted to cheer live wrestling after not seeing live wrestling for a year. And, you know, if it wasn't like a horrible creative decision, like Fiend and Autumn, which they did boo, they're going to do their best. And, you know, like, yeah. Tamina, Natalia, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, like, you you, 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 you want to get behind them. And that's what they did. But unfortunately, the, the, they didn't even win. This is another thing. The titles didn't even change hands. Natalia took forever to lock in her sharpshooter again. Shayna taps her out in the Kirafuda clutch. Utter waste of time. Yeah, so the, I mean, there were a lot of title changes on this show, uh, which we will cover. But this is not one of them. Um, I just, actually, I'm going to just quickly note to you here about uh, Lance Storm tweeted this out um, uh, today. Mm. Just speaking of like the you know heel versus heel and the heels being the champions here. Currently, our WWE champion is a heel. Our Universal champion is a heel. Our Intercontinental champion is a heel. US champion a heel. Raw tag champs are heels. SmackDown tag champs are heels. The women tag champs are heels. The Raw women's champ is a heel. SmackDown women's is the only babyface in all of this. In the and what WWE have always called themselves a babyface company, pretty much all of their titles now are being held by heels. But WWE are doing that classic heel shtick where they're the delusional babyface company. <laughs> I think uh, after that we got Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, also a feud that has really had no build at all. It was more about a reason to have Logan Paul at ringside. Who can we get to have a really good match? Oh yeah. Owens and Zayn have been feuding for 10 years. Uh, Owens had a high-profile feud with a guy called El Generico before that, which sometimes gets lumped in. So a lot of context and history to build off there. They had a cracking match, I thought. Uh, went 10 minutes. Uh, at probably five minutes, like a third act shy of a great, great match. But I loved all the references to previous encounters they'd had. Uh, but Kevin Owens won wins with the stunner. 
and Logan Paul congratulates him, sort of turns on Sammy. So Owens hits a stunner on him. L really like the post angle. Yeah, I mean, this was basically there. Like, the, the, this was just to give Logan Paul a stunner on WrestleMania, right? Like, that was yeah. all this was for. And so the fact that they went out there and had a really good match is almost like by the by. Like, they, they didn't need to go out there and have an, a really good match because actually the match didn't matter. It just mattered what we did in the post-match. So I've got a lot of respect for them to go out there and be like, no, no, let's just go out there and have a really good TV match. And they did. And they made lots of really nice references, as you say. Like, there was the moment when Sammy did the halluva kick and caught him, a callback to that battleground match, that awesome battleground match. And then Kevin Owens, at the end of this, did the same thing. He caught Sami Zayn after the two super kicks and then like just beautiful symmetry to give him the stunner. I, I thought this was a complete home run. I really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was no real story. So no, it, it, it wasn't, did what it's, it's not yeah. about story. It wasn't yeah, about no, no, the story. That's what, I, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, because it wasn't about the story, it's about Logan Paul getting the stunner and Logan Paul got a stunner and he sold it really well. Home run of an angle. Superficial fun. Uh, yes. What was fantastic, and I would say easily my second favorite match of the night, uh, was Sheamus versus Riddle. Oh, I yeah. thought this was absolutely fantastic. Uh, they've had so many great matches on TV before this as well. I think three encounters on TV before this. Uh, and they just worked. They worked at such a fast clip here. Uh, like mm -hmm. I, I think they were on like 1.25 speed of their usual work rate on TV, which is saying something. And they just like got that the striking felt realistic. Unfortunately, there was a botch. Seamus tried to hit a white noise off the top rope. Like he was on the second rope and he tried to step up backwards. He just slipped down. Thankfully, no one was injured. Like he miraculously held on to Riddle during that. Yes, well, essentially what happened in this is that he was on the second rope, but his feet were on the, the wrong side. His feet were outside of the ropes. So he picks him up for the white noise and then realizes, oh, I now can't do this move. I'm going to have to step up in order to get up onto the top rope so I can get back into the ring. And unfortunately, Seamus is not Bianca Belair. And um, <laughs> he, he is not that strong. It wasn't strong enough to do it. And he slipped. But like credit to them. God, they recovered. Because essentially, he just sort of slipped, landed on his feet, picked himself back up, and hit the move anyway. So although it was a botch, it wasn't like a disastrous yeah. botch at all. Like, they recovered really, really well from it. Well, it was going so fast, you couldn't really dwell. You know, they, they just <laughs> yeah. hit the move. They didn't try it again, which I think sometimes makes it more awkward, so that helped. And then, like, a few moves later, just 30 seconds, really, Riddle moonsaults off the second rope, and Seamus clocks him stiff with a bro kick midair incredible spot i've seen a few people say like like technically although it did bust open riddle's mouth hard there was a connection there these weren't worked brogue boots uh, i've seen people call it better than the rickish the famous ricochet adam cole super kick moment because riddle wasn't high enough in like as high in the air um mm -hmm. but i i thought great finish fantastic finish to to an excellent match what well, i would probably argue well, i mean i can't say it's the best finish across wrestlemania but it's certainly the most spectacular finish uh, across wrestlemania because it was just it really so it felt like out of nowhere type stuff um roman uh, pinned uh, two people like, yeah i know but like in a spectacular spot style fashion i would say this was like uh, as a spot this was the most spectacular Man, I thought it was epic. Really, mm. really awesome. Really cool. And this was a match that had 
its build was Seamus threw a scooter at Matt Riddle, then they had a match. Like that is that is all the build we got for this. But they've had great matches on TV. They've had about 50 of them in the last couple of weeks. So like it's it, they I think they went out there and absolutely killed it. I really, really enjoyed it. I was surprised that Seamus won because I, as I said in the stream last night, I don't see the point in putting the belt on Seamus, but they clearly do see some sort of point on it. I thought keep the belt on Riddle and feud him with Keith Lee when he comes back, but we're going with Seamus and I guess we're just moving Seamus back to the mid card. I disagree completely. I think this is a great move. I think, um, you know, Riddle's comedy shtick is is not mid mid uh, card title level, I think. Uh, and also, a Seamus feud with Keith Lee over the United States title makes a heck of a lot of sense, considering their sort of 2020-2021 period of distrust with Drew McIntyre. So I I'm was, all for like, it. I, I, which I do agree with, to a degree. But that was like in the main events. That was around the WWE Championship. And now we're just sort of like downing, like we're just sort of pushing them back down the mid-card. And it just feels like Seamus is always going to hit that glass ceiling in WWE, yeah. I think at this point. I think now we just got to... He thought that he might get something really big at Mania this year and kind of be involved in the title picture, and he wasn't. And now he's just being pushed back down to the mid-card. So I kind of feel bad for him in that way. But I'm excited, to, but he's on a killer run at the moment. So if he just has, like... If his new gimmick is, I'm just going to have the best match on TV every week, like the John Cena United States Open Challenge thing, I'll, I'm all for that. Uh, the other mid-card, this was the start of three consecutive title changes because the other show's mid-card title, the Intercontinental Belt held by Big E, was dropped to Apollo Crews in about five, six, seven minutes. Not a long match, really. It was the Nigerian drum match, which meant absolutely nothing. It was yeah. just a hardcore match with some drums around the, the ringside area that were never used. Yeah, so the report that was uh, this week was that uh, WWE did not know what a Nigerian drum match was when they announced it at SmackDown. They still had not decided on what it was. Big E has sort of been making fun of this, being like, well, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and they, yeah, they just clearly decided it's a, it's a hardcore match. Um, so just go in there. We've we'll, we put some drums on the outside. That's, that's the gimmick. Um, they're not going to get used. Just have a hardcore match. Uh, and that's what they did. And it was perfectly fine. But yeah, it, it didn't feel like it got into a proper gear. And this feud has been really hurt by the fact that Apollo Crews has like lost, like this is his eighth attempt at the Intercontinental Championship since like October or something. And he's, you know, he's lost seven of those and then finally won on the eighth attempt here because we got a returning Dabba Kato in all of this. Yabba Dabba Kato from Raw Underground. WWE are legit pretending that it never happens because they, they put up a tweet being like, who is this man? And everyone was like, there's Dabba Kato. Do you not watch the product? Like, <laughs> but yeah, he's I going under that. a new, he's got a new name now. Have you got what it's written down? Because I, I'd Commander, sure Commander Aziz. So he's going to be part of Apollo's new Nigerian gimmick thing there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's utterly frustrating. It treats the audience as stupid. It's, it's weird double speak on 1984 levels where truth doesn't matter anymore. History is nothing. Uh, because, yeah, it's like, it's not a jack in the box that the commentators have like they are so oblivious in kayfabe to anything that are outside of what happens immediately in front of them in the moment. Nothing mm -hmm. exists. It's only the present moment that WWE cares about. And, you know, in meditation, that's fantastic. 
that's the aim. But for people who want something more, some context, some coherency, it's incredibly frustrating. So yeah, the 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 sort of idea behind saying it's some kind of box-shaped structure when it's clearly a jack-in-the-box is the exact same thinking that goes behind who is this guy when yeah. it's the guy who was on tv quite consistently over last summer yeah you know it's the same thing with the mallet it's some kind of mallet no no it's it's just a mallet it's a legit mallet it's not some kind of mallet um also yeah no one there was a freaking gong at ringside <laughs> and no one was thrown into it what the hell that's 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 a that's a offensive for a wrestling match. Um, the I also kind of if Apollo fails and fails and fails, then he gets his own stipulation match. That's when he gets the win because he's on home turf. I do, I do, I don't see the need to have outside interference to help him win. I think that makes him a very weak champion, and I'm less interested in his act. Yeah, I'm I don't know, man. Like I, I'm glad to see Apollo win because I was worried that he wasn't. And they were just gonna like uh, effectively Carmella this situation, though. They brought Carmella back with this big new character, just had her lose to Sasha Banks five times, and then we're like, nah, we're done with that character now. So I'm glad that we're at least going somewhere with it. Uh, I him having a lackey is probably a really good idea i, I think is this could be a really fun act so i'm kind of i'm curious and partially excited to see where it goes but i i i don't know i probably would have done this at fast lane um mm. as opposed to waiting until wrestlemania after that we got the hall of fame inductees parade out on stage and then we got asuka versus rhea ripley with uh a sort of Seemingly audio issue plagued live performance for Rhea Ripley's entrance. Something seemed to be off about the singing. Uh, they had a good match. It, it went yes. like 15 minutes just under. And, you know, it, it was good. There was a nice spot where Asuka DDT'd Rhea off the apron. And then you feel like, okay, now we're getting into the bit with the near falls. This is the, the match before the main event, you know arguably the semi-main for the Raw Women's title. Uh, let's have that final three to five minutes of crazy nearfalls, reversals, all that. Rhea Ripley hit the Riptide and won. So a, a bit underwhelming for a title yeah, I change. Was, but I think it, it's befitting of the build that it has, which mm. was Plan D levels of builds of, uh-oh, this isn't what we had in mind. It's not even the other two things that we had in mind. So we're just going to have to build this for two weeks. The build for this was, can I have a match? Let's sign a contract. We'll have a tag match. Now it's WrestleMania. So it was hard for like them to kind of tell a story in that because there's no one else no... managed it. No one else <laughs> had any build on this card. <laughs> but like, I mean, oh yeah, but some of them had far too much build in it, if anything. Um, but you know, like they... Uh, they they, they didn't really have much of a story to tell. I don't think the crowd were particularly invested in either character. And I don't think it's helped by the fact, like Sean um, put this out as a tweet, Asuka's last title defense that didn't end in a DQ or a no contest was two minutes in October. Like that was, that's Asuka's last actual defense of the title that had a finish. That's mad. That was that was month. It was last year. So of course, like no one's going in there. Be like no one buys Asuka as the champion. So then no one buys Rhea Ripley beating her for it. So in the end, nothing really matters. Um, yeah, Plan D. It felt like Plan D. 
I like Rhea Ripley. I love Asuka, but it, it didn't particularly wow me. It, I, I think it was, it needed another five minutes. It needed third gear. Yeah, it felt like a bit of a filler match. Uh, nothing, nothing bad about it at all. Just it's WrestleMania. Sort of got mm. higher expectations. Uh, I, th- I would say everything else, ex- mostly everything else over the two nights exceeded my expectations, which were pretty low though. <laughs> this one, this one just kind of sailed underneath them slightly. But the goddamn main oh. event, my expectations were pretty high because Edge, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, when they came out, like I was like, oh wait, I thought everything else was WrestleMania. This is WrestleMania. Had such a genuine star power main event feel. And they told one hell of a story over 20 minutes. Um, I loved it. So many spots, so much great character work. Everyone looked better coming out of it. I think Reigns is now, he's gone from being like the guy that carries SmackDown on his back not on his back because obviously you've got a lot of other people there, but the, like the big top guy on SmackDown to now like he is the most important person to WWE for the next five years. Yeah, it was incredible. Just, and like you compare the emotion, the character work and the crowd reaction to this match compared to the Raw Women's Championship match or, you know, uh, Riddle Sheamus and things like that. All those matches that had no builds, no story. The crowd were quite apathetic to it, but they were trying to get themselves into it. When these lads made their entrances, you're like, oh yeah, this is why it's the main event of WrestleMania. And this crowd were just popping it for everyone because there was stuff to be invested in here. There was characters to be invested in. There was emotion, there was drama, there was story. And that helps a match. And that helped this match take it from an incredible match to just like, Probably match like match of the weekend for me quite comfortably. Mm. I thought this was an absolute flawless execution of a triple threat wrestling match. What one of the best WrestleMania main events of all time? Edge execution. So much to love. I love that Edge won the Royal Rumble now, and Daniel Bryan won Elimination Chamber, and they main evented. WrestleMania as the very, very last uh, match. that That's going to pay dividends in the next few years. It's going to make those pay-per-views feel a lot more significant uh, coming off of it. Just, just to briefly go over the story, although there were so many twists and turns here, Roman dominated early thanks to Jey Uso interference. Edge then got rid of Jay by giving him an edge execution on the steel step. So Jay's written out for a bit. Then you just got this great sequence of a Roman power bombing Daniel Bryan off the steel steps through the announcer's table. Then boom, edge hits Roman off the steel steps with a spear. They fight a bit. Daniel Bryan's hot tags himself, I think runs absolutely wild. It comes down to edge and Roman though. They double spear each other. Oh, Yes, we we were saying on the stream, oh man, wouldn't it be amazing if they both try and do the spear at the same time? Wouldn't that be weird? And then like not 30 seconds later, they did that spot. It was so cool. And then it just got into this, like Edge then got Roman in a crossface and he was using part of a broken off chair in Roman's mouth. That was really well set up. Like, like, totally organically, the way the chair bit just crumbled. I just thought it was a, a thing that happened in the match, but it was perfectly placed. And Daniel Bryan gets in the ring too. And he gets the yes lock in on the other side of Roman. So Roman's there and 
Edge is now looking at Daniel Bryan like, no, F off, mate. And Bryan's there like, nah, headbutt, headbutt. And have you seen? I just thought Roman passed out. Roman tapped. I missed it. I didn't notice it until your review. And then I went back and watched it. Absolutely. Because that's that's the brilliance of it, right? That you didn't see it. Roman knows that he did it. But he, like knowing that the audience aren't going to see it was what we talked about at the Elimination Chamber match with, with Brian. It's just... It's magical moments like that that make you be like, I want to see more of this. I want to see another one of these matches now. And they've had a bunch of matches, but I want to see more of them because of what they're telling throughout to make you like, be like, cool, we'll do this because that will then set up this and we'll do that because then that will set up that. I oh, just loved it. Love it, love it, love it. What I really, really like about Roman, and I've seen this as a criticism against him, and I, I, get, I get where it's coming from, is just let them win a match clean. You know, yeah. like you've had all those years, but now he's a heel. He, he always needs loads of Jey Uso interference, always needs some more shenanigans at the end. Like it almost makes him a weak champion because he does lose in sort of visible pins all the time. To me, that just I think that's the masterstroke. I know there's a balance. Maybe maybe that will eventually become too much. But right now it's like he is going out there and it's not a case of, Babyface Roman, just feed the Roman machine. Give him a new opponent. Boom, boom. That person's tossed to the side. This is a case of Roman raising the tides for all the other ships because all these people are getting visible pins over him. All of mm -hmm. these people have very legitimate reasons to say, give me the next title shot. And they can but play it off of this. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But, like, but also, it's like, it's Roman's plan, right? He's the head of the table. He's the one who, he's the puppet master in all of this. His whole point of getting Jay on his side was for these purposes. So it totally works for him from a character standpoint as well. I've got absolutely zero problem with it whatsoever. Like, I've seen him win a bunch of matches clean. And I've and I've now seen him win a bunch of matches with Jay's interference. Like I am, I'm totally fine with it because it totally fits this head of the table character. So I I think it's great. But it's not just about Jay. I mean, he's visibly tapped, which is one yeah. of the more the, like the the more humiliating ways for someone to lose. Uh, it's you know, it's like I cannot take any more. Um, but after that, because. Edge and Brian sort of got rid of each other there. Roman lived to find another day. Edge got dual ed, uh, concerto spots. So both Brian and Roman were laying there and he hit one on Brian. And, you know, you can do those completely safely, but it really, really affected all of us, I think. Anything around Brian's head will. Goes through the same to Roman, but Jason again. Roman hits the concerto on Edge. He drapes Edge over Brian. For a moment, I genuinely was like, What? He's going to let Edge win the belt. <laughs> but then he laid on top of them both, pinned them both. Doesn't make a lick of sense. Uh, oh, Edge, I didn't mind it, Edge is technically the champion, but I didn't <laughs> mind it either because yeah. he he tapped out to both guys. And now he, like in his head, he had to pin them both. I thought, yeah. absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Perfections. And like the, mm. the other great thing that I loved about this. And it was one of the things that people were very curious about this match, because since Roman came back as the head of the table, as the tribal chief, the reaction to Roman is a lot different to what it was when he was the big dog. When he was the big dog, I was like, oh, man, I'm booing this son of a bitch, like, because I do not like WWE shoving this down my throat, this, that and the other. I hated the kids like him, but I'm an adult, so I hate it. Boo, boo, boo. 
but now he's a cool heel, right? So there was this worry that's like, oh, now he's just going to get cheers because everyone's like, oh, it's such a cool character, I'm going to cheers. No, people were booing Roman Reigns. They were booing him as a heel. And that led Roman to then just trash talk the crowd. And it was so wonderful to see Roman because we've seen him do like a lot of the soft talking throughout his matches and like trash talking with the people he's wrestling. Now we're getting to see him do that same trash talking to the audience. Oh my god, it's so good. I I haven't I've gotten I haven't got enough good things I can say about this match. This is the best thing in WWE by a country mile. He has got a, a lot of years of pent up things to say to fans. <laughs> yes, one one particular promo where he stayed silent that entire time the night after Mania after he beat the Undertaker comes to mind. I bet all the way in that in that in that silence he was thinking one day, one, oh, day. one day. Absolutely loved it. Uh overall I gave the pay-per-view three out of five. <laughs> yeah. It feels I mean... weird to say that after that incredible main event. Well, I, I, but I think it's totally fixed. I think it's a bit of an indicative of the pay-per-view, the night two as a whole. Because actually, I think night two felt the most like the, man, the build to WrestleMania was a bit bobbins, wasn't it? Like, it was the it was the night where it was. Yeah, that wasn't a particularly great build. Yeah, the build for that sucked. Yeah, the build for that really sucked and it hampered the match. Yeah, the build for that wasn't very good and it hampered the match. But the main event, like, completely, like, the build for it was awesome and the match completely over-delivered. So that main event really saved this pay-per-view a lot because otherwise it felt a bit sort of throwaway and unnecessary it had been all the matches you'd have forgotten about if this was a seven hour mm. wrestlemania if this was like wrestlemania 35 it's all the matches that people be like did that really happen on a wrestlemania show you know like Elias <laughs> versus baron corbin i was like was that really on wrestlemania so yeah i think it's a, a three out of five show we took this to our community poll to see what they thought of the show and they actually were in agreement 41 percent said it was thumbs in the middle but 38 percent thought it was a four out of five great per view so it is kind of in that it's the four or five three out of five um category there but yeah people were like you know just a bit average to above average on the show Yeah, well, let's see what you guys all thought in the the hyper chats. Of course, get them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. And also, beer52.com forward slash wrestletalk is your friend. You get a free case of eight craft beers. If you live in the UK, go check out the offer over there. They're a fantastic service. Projection 2K. I've ranted last night on Twitter. Bray Wyatt lost four times at WrestleMania. He's never won a match at WrestleMania. Why? I guess we're not counting last year's Firefly Funhouse. The Fiend was a draw. Was. The Fiend should have won and did the uh, Bliss Angle right after. I'm intrigued by the Abigail Fiend story. That's a fascinating thing. I hated it. I hated it. I can't wait to see what happens next. That right. I, that, and that's kind of what I think a lot of us are like with The Fiend. Where I was like, oh my God, I hate this so much. I do want to see what they do next, though, because what what are you going to do to kind of get out of this hole that you've dug? So, yeah, I I, I totally buy into that. Also, Asuka's never won a WrestleMania as well, either. Fun fact. 
Fahid Butter. Uh, hey guys, I'm going to try to find a positive out of all this because I hated this. The Fiend's whole thing is that he kicks out of finishers and you can't keep it down. Apparently one Jackhammer or one RKO can do it, but now we might get Mr. Rogers. Uh, Vivid Chim, the bar for The Fiend versus Randy Orton was so low, they needed an archaeological expedition to find it. And WWE still found a way to trip over the bar and land in the crappiest outcome. Luke? This company... Chaos Control. When Bray did the tribute to Luke Harper, I thought he had the match in the bag, so it hurt me even more when he didn't. That's a good point. Mm. Planet Dan ASMR. Hi, Luke and Ollie. Hi, Luke and Count Olaf. Funhouse match at Backlash. It would have been better if Fiend had just squashed Orton. Also, do you think the Black Goo would be less laughable if it was blood? Yes. Uh, it would be the short answer to that because otherwise, because then people wouldn't be saying black goo all the time. They'd be saying blood. <laughs> Brendan Harris, I think this Randy Fiend feud needs to end in a bliss on a pole like bliss on a box like structure on a pole match. There we go. Winner gets Reginald. Can't believe they bray wired the Fiend. <laughs> oh wait. Yes, I can. New Punk rants. I hate WWE so much, I can't even stand it. I've been a fan of Bray since Husky Harris. I'm watching eight years of WWE actively hate him. Last night made me happy. I hadn't watched since Hell in a Cell 2019. I follow it, but F WWE. I watch Revolution instead. And Magic Mac Music. Don't know why everyone is crying about The Fiend. It makes total sense to me. Why would Randy just stand there and watch The Fiend look at Alexa? Uh, of course he would hit an RKO. Thought Bliss looked amazing. Made sense to me. The, the sense of this isn't in Randy Orton's actions. The sense of it's in the Fiend's actions of, of Alexa Bliss distracting him. Randy Orton was the smartest man in the ring. That bit's totally fine. I don't think anyone's got a problem with Randy Orton in all of this. Um, in in response to the like, do you think we can get a Firefly Funhouse match at Backlash? It's always possible. It's back in the Thunderdome. So... Yeah, you could just do it then instead, I guess. Um, Michael Rivera says, Hello, lads. That triple threat was amazing. I agree with what Meltzer said in his review of the match. The Roman felt like his first credible main event heel on both nights. And I agree with Ollie with what he said about Roman is the Akada of WWE recently. Anthony Velasquez says, Two things I'm confused about. Did Alexa turn on The Fiend? Also, I'm done with Jay interference as being the reason Roman retains. Let him get some clean wins. We've said our piece on that. I think it's fine. Charles Berg, I'm happy Roman retained. His story is in the second act. There's so much more to be done before he loses. I think he should hold it until next year's mania. Ollie has a very good head shape. You look fine bald. Don't trust Pete. He hates pancakes. MActive247 said night one. I know, right? MActive247 says night one was so much better than two. The only match two, the only match two matches that felt WrestleMania worthy on it was Sheamus versus Riddle and the triple threat main events. Matthew Makovsky says, uh, what everyone should be talking about is the goddamn amazing main event. Can't speak highly enough about it. And if I tried, I'd be cursing. The raw emotion, every second something actually happened. Basically, a Roman both them, that's some tribal goddess words. <laughs> uh, ben Greenwood said, WrestleMania seemed to be the most divisive show in a while. I see people hating and liking lots of different things. I enjoyed the main events a lot. NXT Stand and Deliver was the exact same as WrestleMania. Night one overall better. Night two had the amazing main event. It's a very good comparison, actually. Big Eye Cotier's Night two was filled with trash endings. Fiend losing, Tamina losing, Asuka got a bad ending to her title reign. Jay once again ruins another match. Night two was a sad way to end WrestleMania. I mean, Mr. Davis, we can call you a prognosticator. Because you did say at the start of like our stream yesterday, 
night one was for the fans. Night one was like giving the fans exactly what they wanted. Night two was for WWE. Like you said this before the show started, you're like, we're going to get a lot of trash finishes tonight, a lot of bad finishes and a lot of bad outcomes. And you were 100% on the money. I played Knifey Spoonie before. <laughs> The Portuguese Mr. David said, hey guys, and Portuguese me, thought night two was a bit meh. Still three out of five. Enjoyed the bliss thing until the fiend lost. Despite that in the tag match, the show was very good. P.S. Do you have, uh, you have no idea how much you've helped me through these difficult times. Love you. Thank you so much for all your constant support you've given us. Matthew Robinson said, uh, wow, saw WrestleMania late, but loved all of your guys' reactions over the last five days. I'd say this might be the best WrestleMania in five years. What do you guys think? It's hard because if you've got to look at it as a whole, yeah. I don't know. I, I think a lot of night two drags down my enjoyment of night one. There's an amazing, amazing three and a half hour pay per view in this. I, I'm, I'm not sold on two night WrestleManias. I'm sold on I'm one either. great one night uh, mania. If if WrestleMania was just that one night last night, you'd be like, oh man, one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. But the two night thing, I think, does. There's a lot of sting. There's a lot of in there that makes it go wrong. Devante Lee, Randy took me out of the match a bit when he decided to smile down the ramp for his possible feud ending match. <laughs> totally agree. Matthew Robinson, this week was great. We got to see so many title changes and WWE seemed to be keeping with what is hot and not doing their usual booking uh, that they want. Remember, Seamus, Apollo, Bobby, Cesaro and Ripley all got over and none of those were guaranteed. I think uh, some of those were guaranteed. <laughs> Uh, Raging Rhino, night two was a low four out of five compared to the uh, night one high four out of five. Women's tag matches were equally meaningless. Fiend Autumn was actively bad. And every other match was good to, gra good to great to perfect. Outside of those three matches, every finish felt right. That triple threat, top 10 mania. Bezo Banks, people say it's how you start. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. But night one strong show throughout with that Banks Bear main event compared to night two show really proves otherwise. Keep up the great work, lads. You always know how to brighten up the day. Uh, Joe Strikes says WrestleMania should have just been one night, plus Roman winning at the end and the women's gauntlet being for the women's tag belt. Do not care for Sammy versus Owens and Big E versus Apollo round 1000. <laughs> Sheamus was great, but don't care about bro. R.I.P. Asker. The Decker Dane said, Night 2 was terrible until Owens and Zayn started. The rest of the show really picked up. Thankfully, the Universal Championship triple threat was bloody terrific. Night 1 was the better all-round show, but a good mania overall, considering the poor build. Yeah, actually, I mean, I posted a bit. Someone showed a video of their son going to do a uh, going to bowl. He's like a young kid, right? And he slips, and the ball completely slips out of his hand. But he's got the bumpers up. So like the bumper, like the ball hits the bumper, goes down, and there's a strike. And the kid just gets up and be like, yep, meant to do that. <laughs> and I was like, that was that was WWE's booking of WrestleMania and the show overall. <laughs> Sam Moore, the main event was banging and well up for an Edge and an Edge uh, Brian singles match, and maybe after this feud with Bobby, have Drew go to SmackDown, leading to something, leading to him dethroning mm. Roman. Any update on your match of the week? Uh, for me, it's that Triple Threat. Absolutely adored it. Yeah, I'd go Triple Threat as well. Joe Strikes, they could have used Bailey Skit to introduce a big return or shocking female debut, instead using it to introduce the Bellas, who are now irrelevant and aren't coming back. I did love the John Cena not here joke. Cena no-show automatically gives them one star. Um, the other thing that Sean pointed out was um, this is the first WrestleMania without John Cena since 2002. Wow. Yeah, no, nearly 20 years. Wow. 
Uh, Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Fiend Dawson will have at least one more match as WWE don't know what to do with him next. Also, I can't believe all the WWE champions are heels, even in NXT, apart from Bianca. Good luck with Raw tonight. Can't bring myself to watch it live from what? Oh, my God. I forgot. It's the 1 until 4 a.m. I forget it's a three-hour show when you've got to watch it live. At least there's no pre-show. Sam Moore said, I think Zayn and Owens would have been a better opener. It was my match of the night until the main event. At least the Logan Paul stuff, it was a payoff for the live fan service. Don't think this feud is done, though, or Cesaro Rollins. Owens and Zayn are never done. They're never done. Uh, Simon uh, Sat Carnales said, The last real live performance at Mania was by Living Color. Since then, everyone sang on top of an instrumental bass while a fake band mimed in the background. Rhea's theme is one verse and chorus, which the girl sang four times. WWE, please invest in music again. Now, let's not pretend that Jim Johnston songs weren't just one verse in a chorus, because that second verse was Jim Johnston syndrome. It's like, well, it's not quite as good as the first verse, is it? You kind of like, <laughs> Just fired that one out a little bit. Just didn't realize like the sun's really shining in on my screen now. Yeah, isn't you've it? got a beautiful Instagram filter on you right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm very sorry about that. So if I can move this. Nope, it's actually just making things actively worse. Um, Nicholas Lama said, when Reigns pulled Edge off the top of Brian, I was half expecting Lesnar's music to hit and distract Reigns while the ref counted Brian's shoulders on the mat for Edge. Uh, Kevin said, "Finally, uh, Roman finally able to work with the crowd reaction was amazing. Entra Edge's entrance pyro and KO's energy gave me goosebumps. Night one was better, but night two had a few good moments as well. Dylan Haggard, hey guys, good job, uh, amazing job raising so much money. Couple of things, as a South Australian, I'm proud of Rhea. With this year's mania, there's been more WWE manias than WWF manias. And this is the first oh. time since 28 to not have Lesnar on the card. That's an interesting one. Huh, maybe this is a more historically significant one than we gave it credit for. We were all looking at the pandemic stuff. Uh, ben Greenwood, I was watching WrestleMania with a friend who doesn't watch wrestling anymore, but he wanted to see Edge, and even he thought, damn, I wanted to see Edge win, but this Roman guy's a badass and admitted his spear is better. What a main event. Honestly, I was buzzing. In all fairness, Ed, Ben Greenwood, I don't think many people are saying, like, do you know who's got the best spear in wrestling? Oh, Edge. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> got the best spear in wrestling. Ben Greenwood. Scripted promos from night one made me sad because that's how they should be doing it. Or is my internet conked out? Yeah, it has yeah. Do you want me to carry on? God damn. You carry on. I'll let you know when it's when it's back. I've got a little thing that tells me how bad it is. Ben Greenwood said the unscripted promos from night one made me sad because that's how they should be doing it. Also got me thinking if WWE was to persist on three-man teams, then Graves, Samojo, and Wade Barrett gets caught up from NXT commentary with no scripts would be fun. I think there's a lot of WWE commentary teams where they weren't so badly produced would be a lot of fun. I think my internet's better now. Uh, Sam Mort, agree about Raw Underground and Babatunde Dabadoo. I mean, surely you could have had him and Rouse as Shane's lackeys and claim Underground was Shane scouting for some backup. But nope, we're just going to pretend it never happened. Uh, Homer Star Fan 13. Like, they were part of the draft. Babatunde and Atero yeah. Ruas were part of the draft and just never came to Raw. Homer Star Fan 13, what exactly is going on with Bailey right now? It seems like her gimmick is just that person no one likes. Really sad to see her in this position as she was one of my favourites back in NXT and she was on top of the world last year. I feel like she's getting the Sami Zayn treatment. Mm, Has she actually yeah, annoyed someone backstage? <laughs> yes, yeah, she got Matthew over, Mc damn her. 
Matthew Mikovsky, everyone is saying Becky didn't come back, so she will come back tonight. I feel like there shouldn't be anything massive, especially when you had a combined 51,000 person crowd over two nights and could have done a Becky return in front of a real crowd. Uh, Bezo Banks, remember at Survivor Series when Banks and Asuka had that incredible match and Asuka finally won the title back from Banks and Bailey's grasp? And we all said this is what Asuka needed to elevate her whole new run at the top of Raw. That was eight months ago and she's done nothing. Eight months. Eight months, man. That's insane levels of incompetence. That's why it's hard to get excited about anything in WWE. <sighs> because although, like, you know, oh, C Cesaro, surely they're going to give a push to him now. Nope. Been there, done that with him three times already. I'm not getting my hopes up again. Uh, Hannah Allen, this is from last night. We missed it off, I'm afraid. Remember that time on the podcast show where Mr. Davis awkwardly worded a comment that seemingly implied man was an upgrade from women? Yes, of course I didn't mean that. The Portuguese Mr. Davis, also from last night's stream. Mr. Davis, why not shave your entire hair? By the way, quite excited for tonight. Because all the hair is going... On Wednesday's Quizzle Mania. Uh, Mactiv247. Also, I've been watching you guys for years, but never thought to ultra chat. I am now engaged with you guys. Mr. Davis, your eyebrows are coming off, even if it means I have to make the final sum payment. Eyes emoji. Super heel. Ha 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 ha. You're not going to do it. None of you are we'll going to do it. £2,207. That's how much is needed right now. You've got until 4 a.m. tonight. You've got 12 hours. It's from nearly right now. 18 grand currently. Nearly 18,000 pounds raised. Love to see it. We're fantastic. Andrew, The Last Airbender, part one. After, after your reaction stream, I realized I should explain the Tatanka comment from last <laughs> night. He was having a drink with the tanker in a bar, he said. My friend had the tanker doing a signing at his toy shop, and we all went out afterwards. He's such a sweet guy. Watching him watch Mania was absolutely incredible. After a match, he'd tell a story and give insight as to why it worked or why it didn't. He's a fan, still keeping up with the product. He thinks Roman is a star. Bianca is his favourite and was upset that Rhea won. He thinks it'll be a short reign. Yeah, and there's another comment there from Andrew mm. to finish this off. Memorable parts of the night was him screening Oh No Cell during the Fiend match and completely checking out of the Tamina match to order wings and shots. After the show, my friend left and came back saying, dude, I just got high with the... <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to read that now. It's legal in most places. Um, but that's a very cool story, Andrew. Uh, Greg mm -hmm. Murphy, also two-year anniversary of listening to you guys. Happy anniversary, me, you, and Greg. Uh, since I've been watching with you guys, best match I saw was Rumble 2020 with Drew winning, and the world worst by far was Fiend losing to Rollins at Hell in a Cell, which is a year and a half ago. Can you believe? Wow. wow. Year and a half ago. 18 months, man. That's nuts. Matthew Robinson, Ollie, Mr. Davis, we are coming for your eyebrows and we will get there. Also, it was definitely Chopper, Ollie. Don't be tickled. Luke is not a great detective. It was Chopper. I'm a bloody great detective, I'll have you know, Matthew Robinson. I've been getting lessons from Sullivan Brown, who is a world-beating detective. Uh, Daz a million, Raw After Mania, more importantly, Wrestle Talk After Mania. Will we find out who blew? Cough up, Mr. D. Thank you for all your hard work during the pandemic. Great content. First holiday destination when permitted. 
Uh, oh, I'd like to. I mean, you uh, you rave about Santorini a lot. Um, no, I don't. Where is it? Have I confused you with someone else? Then what's the place in Greece? I, you I did. I did go there recently. That was the last place I went abroad. Uh, it was good. Is there a place in Greece that you absolutely love? Uh, Napoli in in Italy. Yeah. I really like. I thinking. went to yeah. Santorini and I had a yeah, very maybe, nice yeah, time. Maybe, yeah, it must have been someone else. A board like, game oh, Santorini. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, someone with some sun, I think, is where I'd like to go. Mm. I'd actually really like to go back to Dubrovnik because it's bloody lovely there. Um, and no, I don't think we will find out who blew me up tonight. There's enough going on with hair on the line and stuff. Uh, but I will get to the bottom of it. Oh, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I will find out the sun. I will find the son of a botch that blew Mr. Davis up. And uh, Mr. Burt Wayne, I'm afraid we can't read out your ultra chat because that is self-promotion. Uh, we, we talked to you about this. Uh, HCB, <laughs> am I the only one who finds it odd six to seven matches on WrestleMania card were won by heels? I know some can win, but now we enter a new season of WWE where anyone not a main women's champion is a heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just a way to get those baby face wins when the crowd comes back, I suppose. Like once you are back, it's like a full touring schedule. You're going to be able to have like a series of show now, series of shows where the baby faces win back their belts. Zachary Jenkins. Guys, WWE just wants me to stay angry with Jackson Baszler still being champions. Also, Paul Heyman has by far the best facial storytelling in wrestling. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Kevin, overall, WrestleMania was very enjoyable. After a year without fans, the crowd did their part in making this event memorable. Thank you guys for the live streams. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Hashtag hat contest. Hat chat. And finally for now, Dylan Haggart on NXT Barrett called Walter Wally. Good to know. Mm. Good well, to that's know. all we've got time for for this WrestleMania 37 Night 2 review podcast. We will be back, me and Luke, tonight to watch the Raw After Mania on this channel. So subscribe to the WrestleTalk podcast and enable notifications to always on. And go over to beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. UK viewers only. You get a free case of eight delicious craft beers. Go over to WrestleTalk, watch my review that went up earlier, although I just told you everything I thought. I've been Mr. Davis. These eyebrows aren't going anywhere. That was Luke Warm, Luke Owen. Jam that jam. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. 
Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.